0: The blast from our past network. Why, Mr. Anderson? Why? Why? Why do you do it? Why? Why get up? Why keep fighting? Do you believe you're fighting for something for more than your survival? Tell me what it is. Do you even know? Is it freedom or truth? Perhaps peace. Could it be for love? Illusions, Mr. Anderson, vagaries of perception. Temporary constructs of a feeble human intellect trying desperately to justify an existence that is without meaning or purpose. And all of them as artificial as the Matrix itself. Although... Only a human mind could invent something as insipid as love. You must be able to see it, Mr. Anderson. You must know it by now. If you can't win, it's pointless to keep fighting. Why, Mr. Anderson, why? Why do you persist? <laughs> talking back hey everybody welcome to talking back the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies comics video games and more i'm your host tim and this week we are doing the matrix revolutions from 2003 we're finishing off this franchise and dean thanks for joining We kind of had a a little bit of a quick turnaround with this one compared to our first uh, Matrix and Matrix sequel.
1: Yes, Tim. Very similar to this movie. This movie also did a quick turnaround.
0: It's true. It was meant to be, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the second movie took, like you said, uh, seven years to come out. So we took almost seven years to release our second episode, and now we're turning the third one around quickly just like they did.
0: That's exactly right, Dean. Yeah um i would have to say that this is my least favorite of the three but for some reason i'm the most excited to talk about it out of the three
1: i'm right there with you man um i would always say this is my least favorite out of the three but watching it this time and then sort of just like letting it sit with me and thinking about what we're going to talk about and thinking about how it's the end of a trilogy and bringing all these ideas together it just like grew in my mind of how much i like it like i, I it could even in this moment right now because i'm so excited to talk about it it's it's creeping into my second favorite
0: mm, yeah i know but not really right you're just saying that
1: i don't know i don't know i think for for me they're like all 5 out of 5 so i love them all
0: i know they're all great movies but if you have to order them, I'm, I'm going to go one, two, three, me two, me too. I'm doing one, two, three. That's my order. But with that being said, three is an amazing movie. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will say it's a lot closer to two than I thought it was going to be. I haven't seen this one very much. I've seen this one maybe two times.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen it much either. Like I've, I've probably seen it more than two times, but I don't know this one, this one, it just hurts, you know? There's just some moments that just hurt, and it's just you just can't watch it a lot. You can't keep watching it, Dean. The pain is too don't real. Think so? what,
1: the pain is too real. The Pain is too real. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, pain is too real. Whatever. It's fine. It's it's a great it's a great movie. I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad we decided to, yeah, to I, do a quick turnaround. I love it. This movie was released in 2003 with a budget of roughly 150 million dollars. And I say roughly because it was filmed alongside Reloaded. So it's kind of like a shared budget and they make two movies. Uh, Oh, it was also um, filmed alongside the live action sequences for the video game Enter the Matrix as well. Oh, yeah, right, right. uh, A couple things going on. Uh, But it does end up grossing $430 million. So that's quite a bit of money, but I, I may have expected it to make more than that.
1: Well, it's got to be seen as a letdown after Reloaded. Like we were talking on Reloaded, we were talking about how that was like the highest grossing rated R movie at the time, right? So this is definitely not that. Um, so, I, I mean, a little bit of a drop off. Maybe it was too quick of a turnaround, not enough time for people to really uh, think about what the architect was saying last movie and really let it sit with them for a little bit before they were pumped to go to this one. I don't know.
0: I don't know either. Um, first of all, after I saw Reloaded, I had no idea what the architect was talking about, regardless oh, of, of whether I sat and dwelled on it. I had no fucking clue what that guy was talking about. I, I honestly, I had to watch that scene like six or seven times and then sit back and think about it before I understood it. But I do understand it now. Finally. Um, I think what that number, what that box office number reflects is that a lot of people didn't like Reloaded.
1: I think so, yeah. wasn't what they were expecting. and I think it's I think it's because the climax of that movie, which you and I love, is that architect scene. And if that just turned people off, I don't think they were looking forward to uh, jumping into another one.
0: Well, it is also quite a bit different than the first one. Uh, and yeah. you know, I don't know. maybe they did it to themselves with you know, waiting seven years to have the the turnaround for number two, and number one was so tight, people's anticipation is so huge that they probably just went in expecting just amazing things. And I felt like we got them, but I can see a lot of people maybe not feeling that way. Yeah. This next portion of the show is going to be very easy because pretty much everybody who worked on this movie has been working on this entire franchise. So we've talked about them all already. So not much we need to do there. It's directed, obviously, by the Wachowskis. Music by Don Davis, uh, cinematography by Bill Pope. Right, right, and yeah, it's just all—it's all the same people that that you know and love. There was just um, like a lot of anticipation, I would say, for this one. Um, you know, after there being such a long seven-year break between one and two, three comes out six months after two. For me, dude, that's six months. That still felt like seven years. Right. Uh, My anticipation was so huge for this third movie. Yeah. uh, I caught this one in theaters. By the end of it, I had um, tears of sadness and joy in my eyes. Uh, I was just overwhelmed by the experience and I just thought, just thought it was excellent. Um, It's a really relentless movie. Like it starts rolling and it picks up speed and it just never stops. And I would concede that maybe the first 30-ish minutes kind of feel a little bit slow, but I think that's just because of how like damn exciting the rest of the movie is, because like, there's really nothing wrong with that first 30 minutes, but compared to the rest of the movie, it just feels slow.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I, I honestly wish that first bit lasted a bit longer. It's It's the stuff I like. It's programs talking about what things mean to programs. Um, it's Neo, you know, we'll get into it, I guess, but it's Neo stuck somewhere. Um, it, I think it is, I think it is pretty fun stuff and pretty, for me, pretty interesting stuff that I like to see in a movie. So I was totally in on that movie. For me, it was ramped up right away. Like I was, as soon as it started, I was just down with what was happening. And I, I was along for the ride the whole way. I do feel like the rest of the movie is way faster and way quicker. And, and I just like,
0: for me, never
1: really thought that this slowed
0: down at all. It, yeah, it, I, I'd be the opposite of that. It did feel like a slowdown for me, um, just for the anticipation that yeah. kind of had built had built up for me. And in those other, like those other two movies, it really starts off with a bang with with some really great action sequences that we yes. don't really get in this one. We kind of get this the slower burn. Um, and Mm -hmm. and, you know, you, you, you know, that this is kind of the third movie, this is going to be the culmination of the franchise. Uh, I kind of wanted to get into it. Um, and Mm -hmm. while, Mm -hmm. while yes, we are getting into it still, it's just not what I was expecting. So it did feel a little bit slow for me when I watch it now. I don't have, like, I don't really have those feelings. Like I really, I really like what that guy's talking about in the train station. Um, but just compared to the rest of the movie, like after that first 30 minutes it just it is action and non-stop action it's just it's amazing yeah. but
1: and i think these movies are really good um back to back like two and three i think are really good back to back and if you do that then i think this feels more just like a little bit of a calm down before we get back into it because right. you just ended you're right you just ended so high that if you had this huge action scene right now it would feel like even too much but because they're kind of together as one, I think it does, uh, yeah, provide this little lull for you to kind of catch your breath and then before we ramp back up. But as a movie, you're right, as a movie in itself, it doesn't start like the others do with a bang. It starts slow.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, though. Yeah. So we start off right where the last one ended, with Neo and Bane lying unconscious next to each other after being picked up by the ship called the Hammer. Uh, I didn't know this... But the hammer—that's just their nickname for the ship. It's actually called the Mjolnir. Really? That—that's its legit name. Yeah, they just call it the hammer. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That's amazing. Yeah,
0: I don't—I don't think it's actually mentioned in the movie. That's but, so cool. But that's the yeah—that's the the technical name for that ship.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's cool. Uh, they tell us Bane's brainwave patterns look similar to someone who's jacked in. hmm Hmm. i wonder why wink wink Hmm. what's going on there Wink. news comes back that the machines are digging those digging bastards yep Uh, and they're only 20 hours away from reaching zion so it's getting starting to get dire they're kind of
1: i mean that is very dire like right off the bat that is it's very dire
0: yeah and uh, they get a phone call from seraph and he says he brings word from the Oracle and they must go see her right now.
1: Yep. Got to go. Got to get in the matrix.
0: So they, they do. Uh, the Oracle tells them Neo is trapped somewhere between the matrix and the real world. And they need to help mm, him out. Yeah. They need to help him get out. Uh, we see Neo wake up and it looks like he's in the matrix, but it's not. It's this train station that takes you to the matrix. Yeah, weird. This is a really neat idea, yeah. but it's one that I can't really wrap my head around, like that he's stuck somewhere between the real world and the matrix. I just yeah, I don't really get it. You're the programmer. How how do you think? How do you feel about this? What is this?
1: Is it like a router or something?
0: You know, Maybe. like, I mean,
1: I, you're not quite, you're not quite connected. I mean, but you are. I guess um, so. But it's like, some like if something lived in the router, I like it. <laughs> you know, it's not, I like that, you know, it's not quite there yet, but it's also online still.
0: I like that a lot because I was, I was trying to figure okay. it out. And I just, they've given us the real world. We know what that is. They've given yeah. us the matrix. Yeah. We've seen enough of that to understand what that is. This I couldn't really get on board with. I, I didn't mind it. I just couldn't yeah. understand it. So I like that. He's stuck in the router. Yeah. Good job. So in this router, Dean, we meet a program who's trying to get to the Merovingian, who will be able to help this guy get his daughter, who is also a program, out of the Matrix. And this guy is talking about his love for his daughter. He's talking Mm -hmm. about his love for his wife. And I really like this character here because I like that they give us a program that's showing emotion. Like, we haven't really seen that yet out of anything in this movie we haven't seen a program showing emotion um actually i'd say other other than agent smith i'd say right. he does yeah. show emotion true. yeah um yeah this is he shows like frustration and hate
1: true yeah yeah
0: um but anyways what it does for me is it allows me to think that there's more programs like this out there and that maybe yeah. they're not all bad right it gives us yeah it totally. gets, throws in a little sympathy vote for the machines here
1: yeah, this is, this is the stuff I love. This is a program trying to tell Neo that he created a daughter with his wife just because they wanted to. But programs always need a purpose. But he wanted to create a daughter. So that's why he's trying to get his daughter into the Matrix because you can't be a program in the Matrix unless you have a purpose. And she doesn't because they just created her. I just love it. I love that he's yeah, he's talking about things like love and he's saying it's just a word. Like love is just a word. I can say it. It's about what it means behind it. And then you start to um you start to think also just deeper about what those feelings mean. Like if if this program can feel this emotion of love, um, what exactly does that mean? Also for our humans, like we we also use the word and don't really know how to exactly define it. You know, so I I love it. I just love this stuff.
0: Yeah, it was a good conversation. He had some really interesting things yeah. to say about like how words are are merely words, and, and yeah. you know, it's like it's what it's it's more than just what they are. It's kind of what they mean to you almost. It's what they
1: mean to you. Yeah, it's what's behind them. It's what the feelings are and what your connection is with someone else and what it's sort of trying to describe between
0: your connection with something else. Another interesting thing that I would say here is that I would say he, him and his wife chose to have a daughter. So the whole idea of choice has sort of infected the matrix where, where that's not supposed to be an option.
1: Yeah, choice is huge. It's it, In this movie, it's huge. And uh, that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that right off the bat. You're like, two programs chose to do something. This seems like it's not supposed to be what's happening.
0: Right. So Morpheus, Trinity, and Seraph have to go see the Merovingian because he controls the train man who controls the train station. So they go to his club and they need to fight their way in. And we get this really great gunfight in this little tight room full of guns, full of the Merovingians' creatures who are running upside down on the ceiling in this gunfight. Like, this was it's so awesome. great. Yeah. What did you think of this scene?
1: I think it's so good. I think it's uh, I think it's really underrated in this movie. I, I know a lot of people, you know, talk about, ev- like, all the big action scenes in the second one and, uh, well, and, and obviously the first one. But I think this one is really good because they are these these uh these programs are flipping right on the roof and then just like fighting from the roof and that hasn't really happened before so not the roof but like the ceiling they're they're fighting from the ceiling and that that hasn't really happened before where they just flipped up completely upside down and just started running and like i think they were doing it like i think they were on wires getting pulled up to the ceiling because it didn't look like it was any sort of graphics or anything it looked really good yeah um this this scene surprised me i would say because i've only seen this movie like once or twice once in the theater in 2003 and then maybe one more time i just Completely forgot about the beginning of this movie. Everything was a surprise to me. So I was very pleased with this this action scene. I completely forgot about it.
0: Nice. Yeah, this is a good throwback to the bank sequence in the first. Sure. Well, it's not the, exactly, it's not the yeah. bank, but it's like the, the lobby the, the lobby, lobby scene. sequence. Yeah. It's very much like that. It's just in a smaller room and it's a bit shorter. But yeah. I thought it was better. It, it's just, oh, it was great. Trinity is just kicking ass as usual. Oh, yeah. But now she seems angry about it. It's like, do not fuck with her, Neo. That's the vibe I get.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. She kicked definitely. that one um, dude
0: so hard. Exactly. That's so exactly
1: hard. what I was going to say. So hard into the wall. We get her We get her kick. We get her kick in every single movie now. And she kicks him so hard through that wall. It's amazing. And that poor guy.
0: Also, that poor stunt double who, like, went through that wall and then, like, rolled down and that fell thing, on yeah. his face. Yeah. <laughs> Great work. like work. It hurt. Yeah. So they go into the club to have a chat with Mr. Cause and Effect, and he wants the eyes of the Oracle in exchange for Neo. And Trinity (laughs) says no, puts a gun to his head and threatens to kill him, and says she's willing to die in the process unless he gives up Neo. Yes. And she calls him Merv, which was the best. Yes. What's it going to be, Merv? What's it going to be, Merv? (laughs) This is great.
1: Great. I love this. I I love this scene because... So I like like he just says he wants the eyes of the Oracle, right? And I'm just rolling my eyes over here. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you want the physical eyes of the Oracle? Like it reminds me of um, Wizard of Oz when the wizards like bring me the broom of the Wicked Witch. like, (laughs) oh, it's one of these things, you know, go do the impossible. Go get me the impossible. So I love that they just like ignore it. Basically, you know, they don't care about that. They're like, screw you. We're not doing that shit. So I really liked that.
0: But he says it's it's the one thing he's been trying to get his hands on forever, but he hasn't been able the eyes it. of the oracle meanwhile he's eating two giant olives out of his martini yeah. like i'm wondering what he's gonna do with these True. eyeballs
1: he's just going to eat he's them. Gonna, that is what he's going to do he's gonna
0: eat the merv's gonna eat them
1: yeah one more thing that i just wanted to mention about this scene because i think it's in this scene um they're talking to seraph i think it's the merovingian says to him um you don't have your wings anymore which made me think that he was from an old matrix where he actually had wings. Cause isn't a Seraph some kind of like
0: winged creature. Oh, interesting. I don't even, yeah. I don't even remember hearing that. Uh, just, that's like, cool It just made though. me think
1: like, Oh, well that was, that's weird.
0: Hmm. That's neat. So,
1: so he, yeah, he might be from like back when there was monsters and stuff. And right. He might've been one of them
0: that like had wings. Oh, very cool. Nice pickup. Yeah. So Merv, uh, Merv agrees and they, they now go to get Neo back and they find him in the train station. But Neo says he can't leave yet. He has to go see the Oracle because it's going to be his last chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Neo finds her, and as usual, they have a very interesting conversation. Neo wants to know where this all ends, but the Oracle says she doesn't know. He wants to know how he was able to stop the Sentinels. She said his power runs all the way to the source, and he touched it, but he wasn't ready for it. She says the architect's purpose is to balance the equation and her purpose is to unbalance it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And she wants what Neo wants. And that is an end to the war. She tells Neo the answer is inside of him. And she says, if Zion is to be saved, Smith needs to be stopped. So yeah. good conversation. What did you think?
1: Love it. I, I love this scene. I love this conversation. I think there's a lot here. Um, there is an a cool moment where um we talked about it last episode where when Neo brings up the Oracle's name to the architect, he kind of just laughs and he says, please. Yep. And in this conversation, Neo brings up to the Oracle that the architect told him that, you know, they're gonna that Zion's gonna be destroyed. And she laughs at him. She laughs at the architect and says, oh, that guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. Like he's just, he can't see like beyond his own, his own stupid choices. Right. So that makes me think that like, oh, we just trusted this architect just saying it as it is. But like he was probably trying to do a little bit of intimidation where he's just like, yeah, we're going to destroy you. We've done it so many times. We're going to definitely do it again. But like he was probably a little scared in that moment that Neo was going to make the other choice. Like he, I don't think, I think he was trying to push Neo that one way by using kind of like scare tactics and, and like flexing his muscle in front of him because that's what i kind of got from the oracle that like oh well whatever whatever don't believe that guy
0: okay so hold on so you think the architect was pushing neo towards the door that he did not take
1: like yeah pushing
0: him to go to going back to the source to re- so reset ju- to the just process. make it all
1: yeah i would agree yeah. i would
0: agree with that yeah I, th- I think you're absolutely correct about that i think um i think that the architect in that scenario, if that happens, if Neo goes through that door that he wants him to, that's a scenario the architect has control over because it's happened yeah. five times already. And when, sure. when that happens, the architect makes corrections to the program. So he's slowly perfecting this program. And eventually, um, he's hoping with enough chances that he'll get it figured out, right? He's, he's hoping eventually he'll be able to calculate and balance for the anomaly, so I do mm. agree. And it does seem like he's pushing Neo in that direction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so it was just interesting that she was basically like, oh, well, it's not just that exactly what he's going to say. You still have hope is, I guess, kind of what she was throwing at him because the architect made it sound like you're done. Like you make that choice, you're done.
0: And I mean, the Oracle is doing the same thing the architect's doing on the other side. Is Yeah, pushing Neo exactly. In the other direction. Just, this yeah, movie, pushing the they other do an incredibly perfect job of balancing... Everything, everything good and evil is balanced in this movie. Anytime one person does something, it's, it's offset something else. And, you know, when, when this happens with Smith, it's, it's, you know, it's juxtaposition with something with, with Neo. It's just one after another, any little thing that happens, anything good that happens, something bad happens and vice versa. And I really noticed at this watch through because I was paying attention to it but it's an incredible job of balance in this movie which is great because it's such a big theme in the story
1: yeah totally I'm even going to bring something up small that's in this scene that is sort of that same thing where it's juxtaposed and that's where um, Neo comes in and she's still baking cookies and she says I was hoping to have these done by the time you got here so she can't see what Neo is going to be doing like she can't she can't see his future she thought she was going to be done the cookies by the time he got there so i'm not even really sure that she can you know predict that or predict anything with Neo i think she's more trying to push Neo in a certain direction not necessarily knows exactly where he's going to be
0: sure and again i would i would go back to the fact that there's been five previous versions they've had five five shots yeah. at this i i would argue that the very first time this happened the Oracle didn't have much of an idea of how to guide Neo. Then after yeah. it happens one time, she understands the process and knows how to guide him. But now this Neo yeah. is further than any other Neo has been. So she again is kind of learning for the first time what to do here. That's why I feel yeah. like she wasn't think- as much of a guide in this one. She didn't have, right. she didn't even have her smart like quips about her like oh oh, yeah. oh you, you just have to know the right question to ask you know y- yada yada she, she was kind of just seemed conf- confused so but i think that yeah. that makes sense
1: i agree with you i think the sight is knowing her sight is knowing what has happened before because she's been through it so many times right so that is not what she has in this specific situation Which I think is actually probably why when Neo said architect, or when Neo said oracle to the architect, he just kind of laughed and said please. Because maybe he was like, that's, why are you using that term? Like, that's a funny term to use for her.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but that's a very curious comment that I would love to know more about, why he kind of shrugged off. He's just said please. He he shrugged off um, Neo... Inferring that she was calling her the mother, the mother yeah. of the, the Matrix. Yeah. Now we see Bane waking up. Then we see Neo being unjacked from the Matrix. Again, this is immediately exactly what I'm talking about with like this balance, right? So Bane wakes up yeah. from his whatever, his coma or whatever, and Neo gets unjacked from the Matrix, right? That's yeah. that's Agent Smith waking up in the r- real world, and that's Neo coming out of the Matrix. Totally. But then actually we jump back, we quickly jump back to the Oracle and uh-oh, our old friend Agent Smith has come for her. Yes. And Smith uses his, what does he, he uses his trick. Oh, what do you What do you want to say? Uh-huh. What do you want to say?
1: I was going to say, what does he start talking about right when he gets there? The cookies.
0: <laughs> he throws them against the wall. She he hates cookies.
1: Yeah. She didn't have the cookies ready for Neo, but she had them ready on the table when right. Smith ready got there. Smith. And then he started quizzing her about them he's like wait if you can see everything you knew that i would smash this plate of cookies against the yeah. wall he's like he's so mad you, why did you even bake them why did you bake them if you knew i was going to smash them like it just drives him like insane that she would even do that i love that i love that they weren't ready for neo and then smith comes in and smashes them against the wall and gets mad that they're even on the table
0: <laughs> uh yeah so he uses his trick and takes over the oracle and yeah. this was a great scene because <laughs> the other Smiths don't really know what to do. Like they don't know Yeah. This time they don't really know if it's going to work or not. And they're all they're kind of like, afraid, of a little bit afraid and then yeah, yeah, he just looks around. Um the the Oracle Smith looks around and just starts laughing maniacally. It was yes. awesome.
1: Yes. It's awesome and in this scene we kind of learn that when Smith takes over a body, he kind of has
0: the memories of that body that that's right i was going to mention that that it seems like he sort of takes on the attributes of the programs that he's copying which obviously makes a ton of sense but they haven't shown us that before so we didn't really know that but yeah he clearly likes being the oracle
1: oh yeah he loves it (laughs) he loves it maniacally his maniacal laugh is so funny i i I
0: like them kind of showing the smiths being afraid because it made me think for a second like maybe the Oracle's too powerful for smith maybe this isn't Mm, gonna work but then it does
1: yeah i thought that too i thought it might not work
0: uh so back to bane on the ship and he's answering questions from captain roland bane says he doesn't remember what he did or why he might have done it but he's lying because he's a liar. Yes. He is. Now the Hammer has been searching for the logos, which is Captain Niobe's ship, and they finally yeah. find it along with Niobe and a couple of her crew. And uh, kind of subtle, but I liked that they only found her and two of her crew members because her ship had a lot more than that. So you just you know behind the yeah. scenes most of her crew got killed. So uh,
1: Well, and cuz there was like uh sentinels there as well that were had been powered down. So, like, you know they got attacked.
0: Now that they've found the Logos, uh, these two ships are trying to figure out how they can both get back to Zion. When Neo comes out, he's been, like, meditating and trying to figure out what he needs to do. He comes out and he tells them he needs to take one of the ships to go to the Machine City. And Captain Roland says, no way. Uh, he'd rather his ship destroyed before giving it to Neo. Yes, yeah. he said like he'd rather his ship go to hell or something like that before he gives it to Neo. Uh, yeah, so Niobe offers up her ship instead. In a <laughs> great so a, one of the best lines in the movie. One of the best. One of the best. She just crushes it.
1: Yeah, she, she crushes it. She she crushes this. She crushes this guy. What's his name? Um, Ro-
0: Captain Roland
1: roland she crushes roland because he gives this huge speech about he can do what he can do whatever he wants because it's his ship and and he's in command and she's like okay you can have mine and she's like with that big speech you just gave i can do anything i want with my ship yeah exactly so good yeah
0: do not tell me what i can or can't do with my ship after that speech
1: (laughs) amazing so good oh she's
0: she's great in this movie she is great dude she's great So Niobe knows a secret way back to Zion through some mechanical pipes. Right. Yeah. So she's gonna take control of the hammer and pilot it back, while Morpheus. Yeah, she's the only
1: one who can. She's the only one who can make the flight.
0: She's the only one who can make the flight in her ship, the Logos, which is right. incredibly smaller than the hammer.
1: Yeah. Uh, Very true. it's
0: probably one third the size. So.
1: Yeah, that's actually very true. Yeah. That's
0: why when she's piloting it, she has some trouble with it, and it 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 makes yeah. it more fun actually in the movie that she's having a bit of trouble with this huge ship. But yeah, that that was the problem. It's it's a, you do get a little bit of perspective on ship sizes when the hammer comes across the logos, and they find it for the yeah. first time. You you kind of get an exterior shot of the hammer and then the logos and how actually small the logos is.
1: Yeah, I uh, I really really like this. Uh, this part with with Niobe giving up her ship to Neo and even, you know, Morpheus still standing by Neo because as we as we know from last movie, um the prophecy was a lie and that's like what morpheus's entire life has been about and they're not just like they they know that that's not a thing anymore but they are now switching their faith in this prophecy to this to their faith in neo just it's straight into him and being like whatever decision he's making even though it sounds like it's it's wild and suicide and insane They're going to stand by it. She's going to give her ship over to him to go to go accomplish this, you know, suicide mission because she now believes in him instead of this prophecy. I thought that was a really, really cool shift.
0: True. Good point. Yeah, that is a good shift. Now, Morpheus and Neo have been through a lot, obviously, and they're now going in different directions and have a final touch and goodbye, which I thought was a really nice moment.
1: For sure. It was
0: fantastic. Yeah, not a lot to say about it, but it was. Yeah, it was touching.
1: It, it is. Yeah,
0: Bane decides to show his true colors. Now he kills one of the crew and stows away on the Logos with Neo and Trinity. He's able to subdue and use Trinity to capture Neo. And Bane sounds just like Smith here. Like yeah. this actor did a great job with his impersonation of Agent Smith.
1: I think it was fantastic. I think he has I think he has quite a different voice, but he just talked in the exact same way. Like it was it was so perfect.
0: Yeah, it was really great. I mean, I I don't know. I He's dropping all sorts of hints that he's Smith and it takes them a long time to pick up on it.
1: I guess it's just like the movie telling us like we know that this is something that is such a stretch for our minds to take like even the characters in the movie can't even make that jump when they know it's got to be the only thing so that that might be it because we've known for so long we've known since the beginning of the last movie so it's weird that our it's weird that neo and Trinity are taking like six minutes of like this scene to try to figure out who it is
0: yeah it's fine though yeah yeah it's, it's okay so Neo and Bane get into a fight, and Bane burns Neo's eyes, blinding him. What? Yeah. What? This was a bit of a shock. Like, yeah. He like he melts over
1: his eyes, like it's like back in the first movie when he made like his skin go together in his ma- on his mouth, like right, he was like you right. know he like skinned over his mouth. That's happening on his eyes, but like for real.
0: Yeah. But Dean, where Neo's going, he won't need eyes oh no that's hell tim (laughs) (laughs) he's going to hell (laughs) (laughs) neo is now seeing the energy of the world in a hue of orange yeah yellow or whatever color you want to call it now this is very similar to how he saw the code in the matrix in green totally yeah but he's in like he's in the real world now yeah seeing like What I think he's seeing is like the energy or electricity in the world.
1: Yes, it's whatever. Yeah, electricity. Yeah, things that are things that are powered, things that are are energy producing power. Yeah, energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he looks at Bane and he sees the form of Smith and then kills his ass.
1: Yeah, you know what the best part is?
0: The Smith, form has of
1: Smith has sunglasses on? Sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> that the best. is the
0: best. <laughs> uh I thought it was very interesting that he could see the form of Smith instead of yeah. seeing Bane. Yeah. Basically what they're saying is Bane is gone. There is no more Bane. Like if if you were to say that the the soul of the person is gone and all that's left is Agent Smith. So that's kind of why he just sees Smith.
1: Yes, I I think that there is something in like something in Neo that when he went to the source whether or not he was grown with something in him that the matrix put in him or not or if it was just when he went to the source that has given him some sort of connection with mechanical things that's how he shut down the sentinels and it's also given him this connection I think to be able to see um smith as like this virus that's infected this actual body like that i think that's why he can actually see it because it has that connection with the matrix it's a program that was created by the matrix and is now in this guy's body um i i really like it i i think we are now visually seeing what he could feel at the end of the second movie when he shut down those sentinels
0: well i think we talked about it in the reloaded episode it's that like he's he's like learned how to use Wi-Fi, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And like the Sentinels aren't wired in, right?
1: No. So they're yeah, they're exact, getting exactly they're yeah.
0: getting an electronic signal from the source that's showing them yeah. where to go. He's stopped into that.
1: Yeah. And because he was like grown, because he's like you know a grown human, I don't know if that was sort of something that was put into him when he was grown, or if it was just because he. Visited
0: the source, you well, know. I, I, do, I think I don't, it's. I, I quite... think it's only because he visited the source. Okay. You you don't you you're questioning that. I think
1: there. I just think there's a chance that the the machine world created him as sort of like the they are going to make him the balance of the equation, and they need to do this every time, and this is what they do. They make this. They make the one, and they they do some like. He is sort of human, but I think he's also sort of has something from the machine world in him.
0: That that would make sense in every iteration except the first one, because they wouldn't know. So how would that really work? They wouldn't know the yeah. first time that they needed to balance anything. So why would they put some sort of countermeasure yeah. in him to balance something?
1: I agree. I agree. It, yeah, that that is true. I don't
0: know. I mean, they don't show us one way or the other, so... No, I think it's interesting that that's an interesting yeah. point you bring up that the machine world very well could have put something in there. Um, I don't necessarily like see what purpose it would serve them. I don't know either. Yeah, that's that's, that's I, I a like, good point. I like the thought process.
1: Yeah, little little Wi-Fi chip in his brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got a <laughs> yeah. he's got a Wi-Fi booster. <laughs> exactly,
1: he's got a booster in his brain.
0: <laughs> it's very possible. He did live in a router for a, a little while, so. That's true. Who knows How did what he get else? in that router, man? is going in? Going exactly. On in <laughs> so we're back on Zion now, and we're able to see the whole city getting ready for this battle. It's the classic suit-up scene that we love so much. They're suiting up the city for for defense.
1: It's so good, Tim. We're like, we're barely scratching the surface of this movie and it already rules. Like we're getting back to Zion now and they're going to like, they're all getting ready for the war. I'm so excited at this point.
0: I'm excited too. I always love in movies when they show the calm before the storm, Oh, because I'm very calm at this moment. I think everything is very peaceful and um, the people of Zion are bonding with each other under their circumstances. And we get a lot of great character development and character building, and they're just getting ready for this war to come down on them.
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, I do think the storm comes a lot quicker than I was expecting. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, it comes right away. Like, I I think maybe (laughs) that's like, I get calm. It's like, it's like almost the exact moment when I feel like things might be okay. Like, as soon as I let my guard down, boom, we're right in it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, but before that that happens, we get to see their main defense system, and they have these walking gun machines that they're calling APUs, and we get to see a scene where there's probably 300 of them, and it looks so damn impressive, and you feel like there's a chance until you just think in the back of your head, oh, yeah. There's 100,000 machines coming for them. Yeah. You know what? Also... 300 ain't going to do shit. This isn't... No. This isn't uh, ancient Greece here. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I mean, they have the same plan, though. It is a great (laughs) plan. They they have the exact same plan. They have funneled them into the the temple. They they do some serious
0: damage. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, But I, I... I do like that we are doing this setup here, and and like you said, we're getting calm, because Morpheus, last movie, basically said, like, I believe that they're not even going to make it to our, or they're not going to make it to Zion. These Sentinels aren't even going to make it because Neo is going to stop them. And so I still kind of have that in the back of my mind, even though I know the prophecy is a lie, I'm still like maybe they won't even make it. Like Neo's going off to do his thing. So he's going to get that done. He's going to stop it before they even get there. So we're all going to get set up for this fight, but it's not actually going to happen, is
0: it? Right. Yeah. And it does happen. And it happens. Like the the minute I think that it happens. (laughs) Happens right now. All those machines quickly start to show up and Zion gets breached. And dude, I mean, holy shit. We have to talk about this battle scene incredible um it starts with a digger breaking through which is just this giant tunneling machine that like breaks through their dock falls all the way to the ground smashes to the ground you think it's done and then it grows legs and just stands up and starts digging some more
1: it starts getting up and digging more what are you doing what is this thing
0: And it's got the sentinels flying around it, protecting it. So anytime somebody tries to shoot at it to knock it out, a sentinel just flies in the way and like gets destroyed to protect this device.
1: Yeah. And these, uh, these sentinels that come in, I love how they look. Um, they call them like squids. They call them calamari throughout the, the whole movie. And I think they really do move like a school of fish. And which is uh, terrifying for me. I don't like fish. So <laughs> I, when they are flying through the air, like they are just like this pack of fish, the school of fish that's traveling together, uh, it is it is very scary. That'd be such a scary thing. Like all these mechs are unloading their bullets on this one little hole that they're coming out of, and they're still coming through.
0: Oh, the effects looked so amazing. Just yeah. the, the way that they're coming through, they come through like a swarm. They just swarm. Yeah. And, yeah, the defenses are holding pretty well because they've got them pinned just to that one hole where the, where the digger came through. So they're just focusing all their fire on that hole. They're holding them off for a while, but, you know, they they slowly start to make their way through, and then they're attacking the humans and the APUs. And they're able to hold on for a little bit, but then they just can't hold on anymore. And they just yeah, well- b- burst through that hole.
1: Yes, so I think what happens is they they talked about it a little bit. They will be sending them in waves at the beginning because they think they have EMP pulses. Right. So if they have EMP pulses, they'll they'll fire them right away and then only some of the sentinels will die. So they've been they were sending them in small waves at the beginning and like the mechs were barely holding on, you know, everything everyone was barely holding on and then I think they just realized like the sentinels, the machines realized there's no EMP pulses coming and they just sent everything and when that huge wave of them comes through like that is that 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 part reminds me of bees just like a you know a wasp's nest or something breaking and they just like all come funneling out oh man it's so terrifying
0: yeah it was terrifying and it's like you gotta feel i started to feel kind of hopeless at that moment because they were doing a really good job as this small funnel of yeah sentinels are coming through Then when this big wave comes through, they basically explode open that hole and like a wave, like at least 10 times the size just overtakes the dock. And my goodness, did it it never look cool. But this whole scene goes on for probably 20 or 25 minutes of just dock action of these APUs fighting these Sentinels. And it is amazing. There's all sorts of things going on. Like we're not really talking about or or touching on some of like the, like the foot soldiers that are using rocket launchers to, to fight the Sentinels and try to take down the diggers. But there's all sorts of different dynamics going on, um, you know, in this scene. And yeah. Yeah. At the same time as this scene at the dock is happening, there's also that incredible scene with the hammer trying to get back to Zion and they keep cutting back and forth between the two. But that whole hammer scene as well is so exciting because they think they're just going to make their way back through this mechanical pipe. They're going to go unnoticed and sneak past the Sentinels, but the ship, the hammer is too big and they end up bottoming out, which is enough to get the Sentinels attention. Then the Sentinels are on them and like ripping the ship apart and they rip off the radio from the ship so the ship can no longer communicate with zion so they can't tell zion that they're coming and zion thinks it's a trap it's a trick and you just want them to get there so bad because they have an emp like they can get to the dock and save the day by blowing this emp but nobody knows it's them and there's so much drama there's like so much intensity going on in this scene back and forth between these two situations It was wonderful, dude. I loved it. I was just like, you're on the edge of your seat, just throwing popcorn in your face while this is happening. You can't stop eating the popcorn. You can't look. I don't think I blinked for 25 minutes. It's just excellent filmmaking.
1: You're right. There's so many things going on, which is why it's such a great battle scene. It's such a great battle movie, really. It's uh, There's so many things going on. There's trying to knock the drill down because the drill poses a big problem because everyone's hiding even lower, like deeper down, where where all the people are. So if that drill keeps going, they're in trouble. So you got to get the drill down. You got all these big suits trying to get all the sentinels that are flying in. Then you got this door that has to be open because there's this ship coming. Like there's just there's so many things to cut to there's three separate things to cut to in this battle where we can stay in the battle but there's something new going on in it um it's just so exciting. I love this this is this I turned this on TV and it was like playing this scene and I think that's when I texted you like over a year ago and I was like, we gotta do the Matrix trilogy because this scene is just like where it's such a great battle scene that you don't expect in this movie. That is all about sort of like being in a computer program. I I just wasn't expecting this out of this, out of this third act.
0: Right. Well, two years ago, Dean, we did the first matrix. So
1: no, sorry. I thought it was a
0: year ago. (laughs) It was two years. Your time, your timeline is questionable, but that's okay. I'll let it, I'll let it, I'll let it fly.
1: Jeez, man. That's, (laughs) that's a long time ago, man.
0: (laughs) We've been at this for a while now. Wow. It's been a while. Hey listeners, thanks for uh for tuning in for over 2 years now. Man, yeah. we appreciate you.
1: We're so excited about this episode. It took us this long to say hello to the listeners.
0: Sometimes it does, yeah, sometimes it does. Yeah. But uh yeah. uh you're not lost on us listeners. We love you. We love no. you all.
1: I hope you're enjoying this one.
0: Yeah, I think I think they are. I'm enjoying it. I think if we enjoy it, then they'll probably enjoy it. Got to. Yeah. Unless they hate the Matrix, but if they hated the Matrix, yeah. they probably would have tuned out already, or not even turned it on. We're
1: so deep into this episode. If they hated the Matrix, we, they would have been off like ten <laughs> totally, minutes in, yeah, for sure. Totally. We're just this is a love fest about a movie that like eighty percent of people don't like. So if yeah, they, right. if they don't like this this episode, they're gone by now.
0: Right. Well, listeners, those of you who are still with us, I don't even think we've got to the most fun stuff yet. So me neither. In yeah, for a treat. More to come. Yeah, the good stuff is still coming. So the hammer is finally able to make its way back, and they blow their EMP and disable all of the Sentinels. It's raining Sentinels, dude. Awesome. It looks cool. It was such a great moment. But unfortunately, what we learn is that they also took out all of their own APUs, with that EMP.
1: Yeah, so. it is a giant victory followed by oh, we still could be in trouble.
0: Well, we no, followed by we are in trouble. Followed <laughs> by we might be in a worse circumstance yeah. than we were before. We're worse <laughs> off now. Now we have no defenses. Yeah. We get this yeah. false sense of victory. Yeah. Um and the the machines, they immediately send everything they've got because the defenses yeah. are out. <laughs>
1: Of course, why wouldn't they? It's a very machine thing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the humans are forced to blow the dock, sealing the city below, buying them a little bit of time.
1: Yeah. Love I actually love that blow the dock the blow the dock scene. I was like, I don't know what the hell that did, but it looked like it helped. That was I liked that.
0: Okay, the way that I picture it is the dock is kind of where the ships come in to land, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So For it's sure, kind yeah. of like
0: it's like an airport at the top of your city. And when you land, everything goes down from there. So your city's below it. So if you blow the top part where the ships come in, then there's actually no way to access anything below. But there's also no way for them to do anything, right? They can't fight any longer because now their weapons are gone and they've sealed themselves in. So they're going to survive. But that's why um, Commander Locke, when that one digger got up, He's just like, oh, shit. Like, because that digger gets up and is now going to keep tunneling into their city. He kind of thought the yeah, diggers that... were disabled. They can just wait. It might take a really long time for the sentinels to get through, if they even can. But that digger yeah. got up and it's ready to just keep to keep going. So it's going to expose them right away.
1: Loved when the digger got up because a bunch of sentinels go and attach themselves to the digger and donate their power to yeah, the digger. That was so they cool. are all dying, falling off the digger, but the digger is gaining their energy and gaining enough power to keep going. It was so cool. I really like that part.
0: Yep. Agreed. Now, Neo and Trinity are heading to the machine city and that machine city looked amazing. Dude, it looked amazing. It did. It really did. It's an impressive yeah, looking I,
1: city. I like machine city. Like I, I might take a vacay there, man.
0: I'd go there for sure. I'd, I'd go there. Now, I thought they'd have a pretty easy flight, getting to the mm. like getting to the source, and I'm always kind of caught off guard when the defense has come up to stop them. I don't know why. Yeah. I just assume that they're just yeah. gonna like freely fly there. I just thought, I guess I assume it's like one of these things where who could ever make it that close? And if you can make it that yeah. close, you're probably past their defenses already. But I'm always surprised. But uh, the sky fills up with machines. Yeah, to come and stop them, and Neo just obliterates them all.
1: Oh yeah, with his freaking mind
0: powers. Um, but then the Sentinels attack, and Neo can't fight them all off. And a Sentinel appears to fly through Neo's body, which I thought was a very interesting part. Yes, have you? I hundred percent remember to consider I... what might be going on there.
1: I. I did stop to consider. I think I just concluded that he was taking their energy and that's why they like that's why they were blowing up. I don't know. I have no idea.
0: OK, so that that's fair enough. Um, I never really knew what was going on, but it didn't make sense. Like if that was an actual sentinel. Why wouldn't it? crash into their ship. Like there was no well, physical Sentinel. Yeah. It was just like the energy of a Sentinel. So, and then yeah. he seemed to get hurt by it. Right. Yeah. So what I think is going on there is like, and sorry, I'll, I'll just preface it. Like in that scene, we see from Neo's, you know, vision, you know, cause yeah. you see his, his body's all in orange and you see this orange Sentinel, like flying into him and he looks like he's taking damage. I think what that is is a wireless attack against him.
1: Oh, okay. Against him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I like that.
0: Um, Yeah, this is actually an excerpt from the script describing Neo in that scene. And oh, cool. It, it says, his arms flail back as he feels himself disconnected. His mind flung loose until she... As in Trinity, snatches hold of him again. His head swings as he drags himself back from the abyss. Okay. So, he, so I like the line. He feels himself disconnected.
1: Totally. So they're yeah. like,
0: it's like they're trying to shut his power off, and it's at that point where they decide to fly above the clouds to kind yeah. of, to kind of like escape from that attack. And I feel like, in a way, let real, uh, sorry, let Neo reconnect to the, to oh, the source totally.
1: that's awesome tim i never thought of that and that just makes the movie fucking better i know right i love
0: that another thing here that is fucking amazing is i think this is a really great moment for trinity as she gets to see oh. the sky and this is the first time in her life she gets to see this and yeah. spoiler alert it's just before she dies but maybe she's like yeah. calm in that moment of death because she got to see this
1: Yes, like, I love this. I love that she is... I also love that she's the only one who sees it because Neo, like, he doesn't have eyes. Like we said, his skin's melted over his eyes, so he can't see this. She's the only one who gets it. She gets to look at it. As soon as they break through the clouds, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. And I'm just like... Fuck, it is right there. Like, it is, it's so devastating just to be like, it's right there. The beautiful sun is right there. But we have this cloud, we have this war. Yeah. And then the ship just kind of turns over as it breaks through the clouds. You get a second, and then it goes back down into the shit. Like, we're going back down into the mayhem, back down into the machine world. And it's like, you get that one second of just catching your breath and being like wow that is absolutely amazing this is what we're fighting for let's get back into it and try to win this thing
0: yeah and they uh they come back flying down they crash into the source and unfortunately trinity has gone as far as she's going to go she takes on some major damage here from the crash and major
1: damage man
0: neo is unable to save her
1: you know how you're expecting just to have, like, one pole sticking through, her, and then they flash to her, and she's got, like, seven poles sticking, in. you're like, oh, shit. Yeah,
0: it was rough. Man, that was rough. It was
1: rough. It was rough, man.
0: So I want to I talk for, for a moment about this whole idea of Neo's love for the one, as in Trinity, versus the love for the many, as the previous yeah, versions of the one had. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so in, in reloaded, okay, Neo takes the door to save Trinity. And he saves her at that point, but she dies here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it seems like it's not really that much about saving Trinity. It's about choosing the correct steps to get to this moment. Hmm. Because this this path that he's now on takes him back to the source, right? Like, he's about to get mm-hmm. to the source. But back with the architect, the other door he had an option of taking was going to take him to the source anyways. Yeah. So I find this all very interesting. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that.
1: I think it's it all comes back to what the Oracle has told him twice now in movie number one and in movie number three now where she points to the sign above her door And it says, know thyself. And I think you're right. I think just him being the person that would choose the one over the many is what can get him to this spot and what can actually get us to maybe getting to peace, where that is not what choosing the many, unfortunately, is not what that is going to get us. It's not going to get us to peace. It's going to keep the oppression going um, from the machines. But being this person, being the person that knows that they are the one that could choose a person over, um, over that 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 other outcome, um, is how we can get to peace.
0: Yes, totally. Yeah, I like Love that it. it becomes less about trinity and more just about yeah. again like choice. The whole idea of choice in the movie, like yeah, choosing totally. the different path.
1: Yeah, it, Tim, another thing that I just never even thought of, never even thought of that he saved her and then now she dies. So that actually didn't really matter. Um, but it does matter because he's learning. The whole process of these three movies is him learning about himself so he can be the person to do this. And everyone now has, like I said before, everyone has faith in him. It's not faith in the prophecy anymore. It's faith in a specific person. And uh, he is that person. He's becoming that person. He needs every one of these steps to get there.
0: Yeah, so a couple things. I wonder if at the point where he could have gone through the door with the architect, the machines felt like they had the upper hand and the option is to reboot and rebuild. At this point, Smith has grown too strong and he's in control of the Matrix. So the machines are now willing to cut a deal because they have to. Totally. And I also wonder if possibly they, the machines are maybe in the smallest way themselves starting to buy into the prophecy of the one.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Because they would, they know about the prophecy. Of course. It's, they created it. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting thing to consider.
1: I like that. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like that they're just like, oh, you know what? Shit, man. Like this uh, this might be the best way to do it. Like maybe we do need to do this. This, this guy is making the right choices. This guy is the one. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Okay, getting back to the story. Trinity dies here. And I always thought the love story was necessary in this movie, but I also thought it was cheesy at the same time. But her death here is an extremely touching moment, and it always gets me. Every time I watch this movie, it gets me.
1: It is so good. Like, yeah, we need to spend just, like, a second talking about how good the death scene is because it's not someone who is, like, she's so kind of calm And relaxed in this moment and it is like it is a pretty long scene she dies (laughs) she's like dying for quite a long time and it is so touching and nice and it's nice that we get this length of a scene because we are three movies in now and it's been building and surrounding this relationship um so i i i'm with you i absolutely love this scene i think it is very touching i think it is very very sad um that in this moment i wasn't expecting trinity to die um i remember Like I remember from the previous watches that she dies. Um, But I just like that first time, I was definitely not expecting her to die in this moment. So it is, it catches me by surprise. And I like that they take their time with it after that, after it catches me by surprise.
0: Yeah, it's a very good scene. So Neo climbs out of the ship and he has a deal for the machines. The machines seem very grumpy but they understand that Smith is going to destroy everything and they need Neo to help stop him. So they agree to his terms, which are peace, an end to the war.
1: Interesting. Also, interesting the
0: form the machines decided to take. Well, I loved it. A baby's face. <laughs> well, was it a baby? I looked. It was definitely a face. I don't know. Was it a baby? To me,
1: it looked like a baby's face. And it looked like, to me... I was thinking like, is that what the machines think is the most intimidating thing for Neo is like, just (laughs) let's be a
0: giant baby face with a deep voice. Maybe it's the thing that will manipulate a human the most.
1: Yeah. It's like that, that doesn't really make any sense. A giant baby face with a deep voice. So maybe they're just trying to mess with his mind.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, if it looked like a baby or or what, but what I really liked about it was that it was a bunch of tiny flying machines that made up the face. That was just a very cool design choice to have that be the thing. It's just so good. Yeah. So we get a shot of Zion and the machines have stopped attacking. Cool. I'm so fucking pumped up at this moment that I can't even explain it.
1: I'm Tim. I'm also super pumped up in this moment because they the sentinels stop attacking because the drill stops going. That doesn't need to be something you added in this movie, they could still be fighting, they could still be going. You could still be cutting back to oh, but we're machines, and we're if we win this thing in time, then it's still gonna be good. But no, those machines realize that they need this. They need Neo to go in there and save them and they cut a deal and they're a machine. So they are now chilling on the war. They're just all standing by and waiting until Neo either does it or doesn't. And they're going to attack if he doesn't accomplish his mission and they're going to flee if he uh, accomplishes it. I love it. I love that they just chill out and Morpheus kind of walks out towards them.
0: He walks out. I like
1: that he walks... And he's just,
0: he knows, he knows what's up right away. He says he fights for us. Yeah. Beautiful line. Beautiful line. He fights for us.
1: Beautiful line. And coming from a guy who has been crushed already many times, he's been crushed. His faith has been crushed. They haven't talked to Neo at all the last time they saw him he was going in a ship and he was going to go to machine city which is like a suicide mission they haven't had any communication with him and as soon as those sentinels stop fighting yeah he knows right away that it was neo neo is fighting for us right now and he's he's trying to make this thing work and they are stopped right now and it's because of that guy i Dude,
0: love it i'm getting chills again yeah man so the machines jack neo into the matrix to stop smith And we've barely seen Smith all movie, but holy shit, do they make up for it in this scene?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. He's had like one scene in the movie, but now they're like, okay, well, we got to get our Smith time in the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they bottled up like a whole movie worth of Smith and just unleashed it in 20 minutes here. And it is glorious.
1: It is. It is. He is in his element right now.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. And here we go. It's dark and rainy in the Matrix. It's full of Smiths, like I guess there's millions of them, right? Oh yeah, it's just a, it's everybody. Everybody is a Smith. You there's see billions buildings, of them, Tim. Yeah, buildings is lined with them everywhere. But a single Smith comes out to fight. This is a, this is tough guy Smith, I guess. Um, obviously the Oracle. Yeah, th- obviously the Oracle Smith.
1: Yeah, it's Oracle Smith. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Now he says he's seen that it all ends tonight that he's the one to beat Neo. So the other hymns are just going to watch it happen. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Great. I love it. <laughs> now, this line is awesome because this is obviously the Oracle speaking from beyond the grave here. Now, I never picked up on it before. I know they drop much more of a, you know, an obvious one later in the fight, but I think this is an early addition or an early visit from the Oracle explaining what's going to happen and dropping a bit of a hint to Neo about what he needs to do. I think she's still laying Easter eggs for him because he's a little bit thick and doesn't kind of pick up on stuff very quickly.
1: Uh Oh, cool. What do you got?
0: What do you mean? What do I got? What's the line? Well, I just said it. It was uh, Smith's line. He says, he says, he's seen that at all. I'll say it again, Dean. He says... That it all ends tonight. That he's the one to beat Neo, so the others are just okay. Sorry. Well, I guess the line comes a bit later. We'll get to that other line.
1: Okay. 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 Yeah.
0: Wait. What? What line are you talking about specifically? Yeah.
1: Sorry. I was talking the one later. Yeah.
0: Well. The yeah. The like the one later. That's obviously the Oracle. Yeah. Like it's the one where he's like, "Oh, what did I just say? I, I that wasn't me. I don't remember saying that." Oh. Do you know that?
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 He,
0: he actually catches himself like saying something the oracle would say
1: right, right? yeah he's like and he's like what's going on? Uh, what's going on yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. that's yeah. not me but i think this is an earlier little drop from the oracle right because he, cause okay, he's prophesizing cool, cool. something here smith is prophesizing yeah. that he saw the end and this is how it ends
1: nice nice
0: now this fight they have is obviously all sorts of ridiculous oh yeah they're fighting in the streets. They're fighting mm-hmm. in buildings. They're mm-hmm. smashing through buildings. It's raining cats and dogs out. I've never seen it rain yeah. so hard. It's like a, a hurricane's happening.
1: Yeah, some of this rain stuff is so good. I love some of the, like, whenever they're flying, like with each other or whatever through the rain and you just see like the streak of them going through oh, the raindrops so, so cool it just looks amazing
0: yeah they're both supermaning it here they're like flying circles oh, totally. around they're flying at each other yeah they're flying up into the sky they're fighting in the light they're fighting in the dark they're fighting like falling from the sky they're fighting yeah. falling upwards higher into the sky
1: It just keeps, like, escalating. Like, they start on the street, like you said, and it's just sort of back to the first movie, when they were just fighting in that subway station. And then all of a sudden, we keep escalating and escalating, getting higher and higher up in buildings, getting higher and higher up in the sky. And by the time we're in the sky fighting, I'm like, this is a Superman fight, or this is a Thor fight. Like this yeah. is—they are superheroes in this moment, and this is exactly what I, what I would expect out of one of those movies. I would expect the fight to be like that. And this is 2003, before they did those things, like before they did those big Superman fights and before they did those big Thor fights. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, the effects in this movie are on another level. Yeah. Uh, Neo is bleeding again. He's oh, no. He's still not the one? Still not the one?
1: S- still not, I guess.
0: Smith is bleeding now, too, though. Mmm. Which is very cool. Yeah. Smith ends up driving Neo from the sky all the way down into the street and smashing him into the ground, making this huge crater. That crater is just ridiculous. It's just, it's massive, but Neo still won't give up until he realizes exactly what he needs to do and he chooses to let Smith win. Yes. Now, oh, go ahead.
1: This, this I'm remembering is where Smith is thinking. Like, oh, why did I say that? What's going on? Yes. So that's that's like where the oracle's coming through. He calls him Neo. That's the first time he's ever called him Neo. So as he's like monologuing to him and telling him how he's going to lose because he's like beating him up and beating him to a pulp, he calls him Neo. And then he's like, wait, what the hell? Like, what did I just say? What was that? Yeah. So I never really thought like that's the oracle kind of coming through. Like, he's like, oh, no, no, this isn't it. This isn't this isn't what I expected.
0: Oh, really? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's the oracle talking through him or maybe not the oracle talking Um, through him but that's like he's absorbed that code right so he's got the code of the oracle in him that's kind of you know affecting him here
1: yeah i love when he freaks out after he calls him neo and he doesn't draw any attention to that he doesn't draw any attention to that's why he's freaking out but like he just calls him neo and you're like whoa that's weird and he's like yeah
0: that is weird this freak out is just one of the best freak outs in a movie
1: it is. He's incredible. He's incredible in this moment. Like you said, we haven't got a lot of a lot of him in this movie, and he makes up for it in just this one thing. In yeah. just this one moment.
0: The, yeah, this this one like little monologue he delivers is so good. Yeah. He's just an all-star yeah. in it. It's amazing. All-star. Just yeah. crushes the lines. He's so intense. Like, I just buy into the fact that he needs to get out of the matrix so so big here he just oh yeah nobody has ever wanted anything more in the history of the universe than he wanted to get out of the matrix yeah so smith does his little trick he takes Mm -hmm. over neo writing over neo's code sending neo's code back to the source thus writing over his own code at the same time i think I don't actually know exactly what happens here. Do you have any idea okay, like what wait, actually what you, happens? What do you mean? So I don't... so Smith does his Smith does his little trick. Yeah. To to take over like to write over Neo's code. Yeah. So I think that when Neo's code gets written over, I think it returns to the source. Yeah. And if his code returns to the source, then Agent Smith's code would also return to the source because they're kind of like they're connected or they're the They're connected. They're, yeah. They're yeah. like the if they can only if they can only have one with the other. So if you get rid yeah. of the one, then there would be an unbalance. So if one dies, the other has to die as well. Yeah. So I feel like by Smith, by Neo letting himself be taken over by Smith, that was the only way to do it. For sure, Because that was the only way to kind of send both of their signals back to the source.
1: Yeah. So I was thinking that it was because he was sort of jacked right in to, like, the main line there um, when he was in Machine City, and maybe that's why they were able to then eliminate the virus. Um, But that doesn't really make sense to me because, like, everybody's jacked in and, like, they're all kind of connected. So now, I've just thought of this now, I'm kind of coming back to... If Neo is at all machine created, maybe they have some sort of connection with him so that when he has been written over by um, Agent Smith, they are able to then use his body, go in and delete like the, the virus or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't really know what's happening here. I don't know why he is able to get rid of it. I like what you're saying, that because they are these opposites and that's what the movie sort of presented, that once he once he writes over Neo, that connection is somehow now allowing the machines to eliminate eliminate that virus. Whatever it is, I believe the machines are doing it. I believe the machines have, like, that machine that Neo's jacked into is what is able to now erase the virus.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm confused. I don't exactly know what the deal is here. I don't exactly know. Yeah. I just, I guess I feel like this whole movie they've been step for step with each other and yeah. as hard as neo fights yeah he can't win and like as at first as hard in the first one the matrix as hard as agent smith fought he couldn't beat neo then yeah. as hard after that neo comes back as hard as neo fights he can't stop agent smith And it's all about choice and balance. And I feel like what Neo wasn't doing until the very end here was he wasn't just giving up. He wasn't allowing himself to lose. And when he decided that he should just let himself lose, which was what I think the little Easter eggs that the Oracle was dropping in the lines she's saying through Smith, is that Mm -hmm. what Neo needs to do is just give up. Because, like, Smith is saying he's seen it end here. He's seen that he's the one to defeat Neo. So Neo should take that as, look, I'm supposed to lose here. The way out of this is I'm supposed to lose. But he keeps fighting until it comes up again with Agent Smith saying, like, oh, you know, Neo, blah, 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 blah. And he doesn't know what he's even saying. I think Neo realizes the Oracle is still speaking through Smith saying, look, look. You need to stop fighting. You need to choose to give up, right? You need to give in. The way out of this is you lose. That will eliminate you, yes, but it'll eliminate Smith. And that's what he's there to do. So I think that is what happens. He finally chooses to stop fighting. And that's the way that Smith is defeated. Now, how that, how Smith gets defeated, I don't know. Again, I think that if Neo's defeated, I think there's that whole balance issue... And Smith is also defeated because they're like connected in some integral way and there can't be yeah. one without the other. And, you know, Bane is great because Neo killed Bane in the real world or, or Anderson, you know, yeah, killed Bane in the, I guess it's Neo. Neo killed Bane in the real world. Now Smith kills Neo in the Matrix. It's all balanced, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, Totally. Yeah, I, I think it even could come back to what Smith said to Neo in the second movie where he said, when you jumped like inside my body, you copied over on me somehow. Like maybe maybe some of your code copied onto mine. So maybe just Smith being able to copy onto Neo and then Neo being jacked in to that, that main uh, source was enough for that source to be like, okay, we understand the virus now and we can eliminate it from like everybody because like they just erase all the smiths it's not just that they it's not just that they kill the one smith and they kill the they erase the smith that's on neo like they are able to erase all the smiths that have copied over every one of their people in their world so i think they are i maybe they are able to then understand the code a little more once it's in neo because it's part of him as well and they're able to just be able to delete it. I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, to play on that a little bit, going back to the movie where the first movie where Smith says that some of Neo yeah. was copied over to him. Well, that would make yeah. sense that if Smith used some of Neo's code to bring himself exactly, back. Yeah. If Neo's code is now destroyed, that's actually destroying the code that yeah, kept right. Smith going in the first place. So it would make exactly. sense that he can no longer exist without the Neo code that was helping him yeah. survive. So
1: yeah. Who knows? And why the machines why the machines couldn't eliminate it before because Neo's never jacked into them. Like he's never jacked into their ports, you know? True. So they never yeah. had the Neo code as well with the Smith code.
0: Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that there is something going on with him being jacked into their system. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so the machine face says
1: it is
0: done. Just like that. <laughs> in fact,
1: Yeah, that was a good machine baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Smith is gone. The machines hold up their end of the bargain, and Zion is safe. Morpheus realizes that Neo saved them, but also lost his life in the process. And Morpheus, in tears, gets his moment of redemption here. And this long fight that he's been fighting has been worth it, and it's finally done. Yeah, it's amazing. It it is amazing. I I love that moment. I want to hug him in that moment.
1: I was just going to... Tim, I was just going to say that. I want to hug Morpheus in that moment. It it happened. He put his faith in a guy, and it happened. Like I said before, they don't even know. They don't even know it was him, but he knows. Everybody knows. They all celebrate, and they know that Neo saved them, even though there's been no connection with him at all, but they know that must have been what happened.
0: Yeah. So we get a final scene with the Oracle and the Architect. The Architect says... The ones that want out will be allowed out. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting.
1: Very interesting. Very
0: interesting. The Oracle says, do I have your word? The architect says, what do you think I am, human? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he doesn't have a word. He just has his his word is his bond. He, his word is his word. What do you mean? Like he
1: doesn't have to make promises. It's just his word is his word.
0: The Matrix looks a lot more like Earth. As we know it now, there's beautiful sun and sky and clouds. And the Oracle said she didn't know, but she believed. And the end. Cool. I just want
1: to say one thing about the Oracle. That this whole sort of journey with the Oracle and then ending in this scene, um, I start to think that the Oracle is just sort of pushing with all the all the Neos and all the different iterations and trying to get them to a certain spot where they could be the Neo to make this decision um, and be the Neo that could get peace. Because the Oracle wants peace, and that's what she wants throughout this whole thing, and I think that's maybe what she's wanted throughout all the iterations. And she's just trying to make decisions to push the one in the right direction. And, and I kind of come back to the first movie when he first knocks over the vase and she says, what's going to, you know, what's going to bake your noodle is if I didn't say anything, would you have knocked it over? And I think, no. I think if she didn't say anything, he wouldn't have turned around. He wouldn't have knocked it over. I think her letting him know that, letting him know that, like, when I tell you something, that means you're probably going to do it, is her pushing him in that mm. direction, you know, to pushing yeah. him to be the one. Nice. And it, it, I'm going to tell you something, but it's actually just sort of manipulating your choices. You don't have choices. I'm just kind of directing you in the right direction right way to see if that's the way that's going to be what gets us to peace and then she finally did it and that's why i like this interaction with her and the architect at the end because she won she was able to get peace by pushing this iteration in the right direction
0: yeah yeah i think she was definitely pushing in the right direction it still came down to neo yeah. making the choices for uh, sure and not, yeah and which like is she, what she says like she says it's not a, about making the choices it's about because the choices yeah. have already been made it's about understanding the choices yeah Right? Yeah. And if you understand the choice that you've made, that'll help you understand the next choice as well. Right? So you're just not making choices blindly, you're making choices with purpose. Know thyself. Yeah, exactly. What a great, like, franchise. What a great three movie arc. Um, Rules. I love the animatrix, one of my favorite things as well. And we've got Matrix Resurrections coming out soon.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. We're going to get to Tim. add to I'm this so franchise, excited.
0: Dean. This is going to be incredible. I cannot wait for that movie.
1: Oh, I know. I'm so excited. I, I absolutely can't wait. Uh, even this movie, ending in this movie, they kind of leave it open. Like, it, you didn't have to make another movie, but it is sort of open. Like they 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 say like, will we ever see Neo again? And the Oracle's kind of like, well, I'm sure we'll see him someday. Yes. <laughs> and watching this, knowing that there's another movie coming out, it's like, wow, that was amazing. It's amazing to be the ending of this movie.
0: Right. I just want to say, I think they did such an excellent job in this trilogy of balancing the power between the humans and the machines Mm -hmm. Never giving one group more power than the other. It was always equal. It was always balanced. And they just told, in my opinion, an amazing story. And I love it.
1: Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think the three movies does something... That is just very, very cool that I haven't really seen in a trilogy. And that's where we we open up the movie. We open it up with this guy, Morpheus, who's telling us how everything works. And then we get to a second movie, and he's kind of the only one that thinks this way. He's the only one that has this extreme idea of this prophecy. And then we get to a third movie where it actually does pan out that he put his faith in the right person, even though it wasn't exactly how he thought it was going to be. He gets his moment at the end. I love how these three movies fit together, where you have the faith, then you lose it. But then in the end, you get it in a different way. I, d- I think it's beautiful. I think the trilogy is awesome. I think all three of these movies just are have fantastic action scenes and fantastic stories. I think it's excellent. Excellent trilogy, Tim.
0: Well, Dean, thank you for joining.
1: You're welcome, Tim.
0: Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time.